Our reading this morning is from Luke. Uh, it's only short, but they're Jesus' words. It's very important. And it's chapter 6 and verses 37 and 38. So that's Luke chapter 6 and verses 37 and 38. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. And I will be coming back to those words later. Last time uh, Jeff and I were here, uh, there were sweet peas growing outside your church. And uh, it was close to the time when we were going to travel to Central Asia uh, with open doors. And some of you were very kind and prayed for us. And we did survive the heat. It was hot. And we did survive the long hours. I saw dawn twice in one week. I am not a dawn person. Uh, and we came back exhausted, but it was wonderful. And we have wonderful, wonderful memories of our trip. We were traveling in Central Asia to look at the projects that Open Doors were doing there. So uh, we met people who'd been given microloans, people who'd been given uh, an animal maybe so that they could um, start to build a flock. Uh, a lady who needed an eye operation and Open Doors were going to pay for that because she couldn't afford it. Uh, we visited a youth camp uh, where Open Doors helped to support uh, the camp financially. Uh, we met a hairdresser who needed some equipment and we had helped with that. And everywhere we went, people invited us into their homes. We ate tons of bread and melon because when you're invited into people's homes, they, someone's sent out to rush down to the market and they come back with a, a, a loaf of fresh bread and a melon. So we ate tons of that, which was lovely. And the thing that really has stayed with me, even to today, was that every time we left someone's home, they said, please, will you pray with us? Every time, without exception. I go into lots of people's homes here. It is rare for anyone to say, please, will you pray for us? They had a real conviction that prayer was powerful stuff. They had a real expectation that God would work. And it was just so exciting and so refreshing. So imagine how disappointed I was when I, we came back and Jeffrey and I were taking a service in a church here in, uh, well, somewhere near Brighton. And I had spoken a little bit about North Korea. Jeffrey had done the sermon. Afterwards, we were talking, and the leader of the church said, oh, it's terrible, isn't it, what's going on in North Korea? Yes, I agree with that. Isn't it terrible what the IS are doing in Iraq and Syria? Yes, it's appalling. And there doesn't seem to be anything we can do about it. And I said, well, we can pray. And he went, mm, oh, yes. And I said, oh, yes. 
think that sort of, oh, that's what Christians do, that, you know, it's just Christian stuff. There was no conviction that prayer was powerful. There was no expectation that God would work. And I was really, really disturbed. And I went away and I started a long conversation with God. This wasn't just days, it actually took weeks. And I was saying, why? Why are we so different? Why do they expect everything? Why are they so reliant on you? And, and lots of people, not everyone, but lots of people here just aren't. Why is that? And then I went on to, what can we do about it? Something's got to be done. We, I personally, want to be like my brothers and sisters in Central Asia. I want to be that excited and that reliant and that expectant. That's what I want to be, and I ask God, what can we do? And I felt him saying, when you have the opportunity, Irene, and you're speaking to fellow Christians, I want you not just to call them to prayer, but to be really excited. Let them know that prayer is really important, and there are things I want them to pray about. So here I am doing what I feel God wants me to do. In Proverbs 15 and verse 29, it said, God hears the prayers of a righteous person. In James 5 and verse 16, it says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. So if we're righteous people, God will hear our prayers and they will be powerful. A fair few years ago, when I was quite a lot younger and I can remember thinking, so what is a righteous person? How do I know if I'm measuring up to this and I am righteous? And I went through my Bible and I looked up all the references to righteous people. And there is a great long list which I am not going to go through with you today. But I did pick out a few because if we can convince ourselves that we're righteous people, then we know for a fact that God will hear our prayers and they will be powerful. So, righteous people praise the name of the Lord. We've been doing that this morning, haven't we? We're there. We're, we're righteous people. Righteous people are joyful. That's not happy. It doesn't do with happy, you know, what's going on around you. It doesn't matter if you're not feeling good. It doesn't matter if you haven't got a lot of money or if you're disabled. Or what. That doesn't matter. You can still be joyful. Because joy comes from that knowledge that God loves you. That you, personally, are extraordinarily important to God. And that he loved you so much he was prepared to die for you. I mean, that's such a good feeling, isn't it? That's where the joy comes from. Righteous people desire only good. I think that's most of us, don't you? They give generously. They utter wisdom. I'm praying that I am uttering wisdom. They detest dishonesty and they live by faith. I'm pretty sure that's us. We are righteous people. And when we live by faith, God hears our prayers and they are powerful, not because of us, but because God has sent his Holy Spirit to work in us and through us. 
so. We're righteous people. We should be praying. And when we pray, it will be powerful stuff. And when you start praying, hear the warning. It will be difficult. It isn't easy. And it isn't easy because once we start getting together and praying, we are going to be a powerful force for good in this world. And the devil doesn't like it. No, no, no. And he will do anything to try and turn you away. He will try and distract you. On Monday last, Jeffrey and I uh, were going to a prayer meeting. I was tired. It meant going out in the cold. Jeffrey wondered if we'd get the parking space. Silent Witness was on the telly. It doesn't sound like much, but these are all distractions that the devil puts in our way, and it would be easy to say, oh, don't let us bother tonight. Let's wait till next month. But we didn't, not because we're wonderful, but because we really believe that when we get together and pray, powerful things will happen. The devil will try and deceive you. He will try and deceive you into believing that actually prayer isn't that powerful. You know, it doesn't actually make that much difference. Yet I'm sure if I went back to that church in Brighton and spoke to that leader, he would agree with me that God is all-powerful. He would agree with me that nothing is impossible for God. That's not he's about 97% powerful. He is all-powerful. He is in charge of everything. There is nothing but nothing that is impossible for him. If we get that information from our heads right down into our beings, then my goodness, we realize that there is nothing that we can't do if we are praying and praying in God's will. And the devil will try and deceive you into thinking that you personally won't make a difference. It won't matter if you're not there. You know, there's all these other people who are praying. You won't matter. Twelve or so years ago, uh, my daughter-in-law was pregnant with my first grandchild, and she went for her first scan, and it became apparent that he was going to be born extraordinarily handicapped. And uh, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, because it takes forever and it upsets me. Um, but we prayed. And we prayed as a family, and then we got our church family to pray, and then we ended up asking anybody who, who would be interested in praying to pray. And we thought we'd asked everyone, and things were improving, and we wanted to keep up the momentum, and God said, why don't you ask the children to pray? And I'm thinking, I don't know any children. I'm not in school anymore, but actually I did know some children because I went into a youth every now and then. And he wanted the children to pray. Everybody's prayers are important. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how able or disabled. It doesn't matter. And when I talked to God about why the children, his reason was, how can they understand a miracle if they've never had the chance to be part of one? When we pray... We have the chance to be part of a miracle. Isn't that exciting? You know, and sometimes it doesn't happen. And that's not our fault. 
benefits that we are not praying in God's will. But when it does happen, it is just so, so exciting. And your prayers all make a difference. So what are we supposed to pray about? Well, keep God right at the centre. Start with him. Praise him. Tell him all about the wonderful things he's doing in your life. And then work outwards. In one church I belonged to, I church belonged to a missionary group, and I was known for saying, and what about the rest of the world? We kind of pray about ourselves, don't we? Pray about community. Pray about, but what about the rest of the world? God wants us to pray about the rest of the world. And I think these are three things that God specifically wants us to pray for. He wants us to pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. He wants us to pray for those who are in authority. And he wants us to pray for those who persecute. So, starting with, pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. We've already said today, we are one family. We are adopted into the same family and God is the head of that family. He is our father. And we have brothers and sisters all around the world. And they want you to pray for them. And I can tell you, they pray for you, which I find amazing. They pray for us as well. And they don't pray that persecution is taken away. They pray that they will stand strong through it all. We met a lovely man who invited us into his home, and he said, I don't know if I've got six minutes or six months to live because my family are threatening to kill me, and he believed that that was a serious threat. And that was because he came from a Muslim family and he had become a Christian. And he was very gracious and understanding, and he said, I understand why. They believe that if I don't go back to Islam, seven people in my family will die, and they're frightened. And he wanted us to pray that his family would become Christians, but equally to pray that he would stand strong and to pray for his family, because if he was killed, his family were without a breadwinner. They were out, you know, there was a wife without a partner, there were children without a dad. Pray for the family, and sometimes we forget, don't we, to pray beyond just the person to all the people that are touched by a person. When you pray for someone who's in prison, um, pray that they will be strong. Pray that they will be bold to speak out the word of God. There are places in China where they don't put Christians in prison anymore because if you put one Christian in, you get several Christians out. <laughs> so... Putting them in prison doesn't work, but there are people in prison. Pray that they will be strong and bold. Pray for their families. Pray for a wife who maybe has no education uh, and hasn't been prepared uh, to, to look after and to earn money to keep a family. Pray for children who, in effect, become orphans. And then when people are released from prison, pray for those as they rebuild really difficult relationships because everybody has been changed by the experience. Pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. 
And then we are called to pray for those who are in authority. In 1 Timothy 2, 2, it says, King, pray for kings and all those in authority. There are still a number of kings throughout the world. There's a king in Bhutan, that's a Buddhist state. Uh, there are kings in several um, Arab countries. There's a king in Brunei. Uh, good news this week that among the people who advise the king of Brunei, there are now Christians. I don't know if he realizes that. Whether he realizes it or not, it doesn't matter because that will be an influence on what happens. Pray for people in authority because throughout the world, in our country, in America, in all sorts of places, people in authority are having to make extraordinarily difficult decisions and they're making those decisions on our behalf. And they're making those decisions based on really complicated situations. There are no black and white situations anymore in the world. It is really, really complicated. So please, pray for wisdom for those who are in authority making those decisions. Um, as we come up to an election, pray that God will raise up the right people. Pray that God's people will look to him for leading and who to, who to vote for and will go out and vote. I, di I digress. Pray for those who persecute you. This is really hard, isn't it? Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for Kim Jong-un in North Korea. He thinks he's God. His people have to worship him. They're not allowed to worship anyone else. Pray for Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, who is the leader of the Islamic State. They do awful things. I know they do. Throughout the world, terrorist groups do the most awful, dreadful things. They abduct people. They rape people. They behead people. They murder. They massacre. I... I it's dreadful, and, I, and I'm not saying it isn't. But God calls us to pray for them. And I was speaking to someone the other day about Islamic State, and that person said to me, I couldn't possibly pray for them. I couldn't ever forgive them. And that brings me back to the reading that I started with. It's not our place to judge. And the reading, there's two sides to it, isn't it? Judge not, and then you won't be judged. It's not our place to condemn. And if we don't condemn, we won't be judged. And we are called, they were Jesus' words, to forgive. I'm not saying that because Jesus said it, it makes it any easier, but it's not a sort of gentle suggestion if you feel like it and the weather's right and you know and, and you feel comfortable with it then it would be really quite a good idea to forgive we're told forgive and in several places in the bible we are told if we do not forgive then that's the way that god will view us he will view us and our forgiveness in the way that we forgive so getting our head round forgiveness is extraordinarily important. When we can forgive, when we don't judge and we're not condemning, then we are in a position to be powerful and to pray for people like Kim Jong-un. 
for people like Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. And if you can pray to him by name, that is even more powerful. And remember Paul. Paul was the worst of persecutors. He was a, a religious, zealous Pharisee. He believed that what he was doing was was the right thing. It was a godly thing to do. He was pleasing God. Trust me, the leaders of these terrorist groups believe that they are pleasing God, their God, Allah, not the one true God. So they're just like Paul. And yet Paul was changed. And the thing that changed Paul was that he met with God. He met with God and he was changed. And he became a saint. And that can happen today. God is all-powerful. Nothing is impossible for him. He can take the King Young Uns and the Abu Bakr al-Baghdadis and he can change them. There isn't anybody he can't change. And it will happen when his people come together and pray. Can you imagine if all the righteous people in the world came together and we all prayed for the leaders of terrorist groups and the Kim Jong-uns of the world, we would be the most powerful force in the world. Much more powerful than IS or Boko Haram. We would be a massive force for good. And so I am calling us to do that, to come together as Christians and pray for those who persecute you or your brothers and sisters. And I leave you with a quote from a pastor who was at a seminar, an open doors seminar, and this is what he said. When someone mistreats you or persecutes you, you don't have to take it, you have to retaliate. Retaliate by blessing them and praying for them.